Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Ephesians 3, one. we're going to really zero in on, on the Father's love. And let me just, I'm going to tell this because on YouTube, I like to tell a little story at the beginning. In this, this trial that I've been helping this young couple through at our church, the father, and they got a little tiny baby, and the father had been through some horrific things. He's been through, um, you know, watching his, his young sister die years and years ago, and then his first son um, was born prematurely, too, too premature to live and, and died. And, and he's been through a lot of things. And he himself had a father, his own natural father was um, schizophrenic and, and very abusive verbally and, and just things that were said over him and to him. And so I'm just setting the stage to see what, what the Lord is doing to show you all the importance of, a, of, of being good fathers and having good fathers in your life and what to do if that wasn't your situation, which happens to be a lot of people who come to Beauty for Ashes. So, um, so during this whole journey, for those who don't know, the baby was uh, first diagnosed in the womb with only having three chambers to the heart and also having a syndrome which would cause deformities and, and mental retardation kind of thing. So after prayer... They received a creative miracle. And so by the time they had the next ultrasound, the baby had all four chambers to the heart. Yay. And then after the next, um, when they did, the baby's face was perfectly formed. He's beautiful. And all the brain scans, everything has been fine. Praise God. So we all went through this journey a little bit together as a church. And at one point, um, they were, when he was born, and he still had some heart issues and needed a few things done. There comes a question, why, why would God not heal that too? And then the Lord dealt with me personally about pride. And he told me a medical miracle is not a lesser miracle. And let's face it, in the body of Christ, especially those in the faith movement, we sometimes treat medical miracles as if they aren't as wonderful as a divine miracle, Right. Because when you're looking at serious things where you're really looking life and death, don't you want God involved? Don't you want him leading the doctors? Don't you want him deciding who would do the surgery? Don't you want him picking the places and being in charge of everything? And so when we get the wrong attitude through pride, we can lose that kind of favor. Anyway, so I'm not going to tell the whole story here. One day the parents will be here and they'll share their testimony. I'm actually writing a book on all this this summer. I've already got chapters and topics and titles. It's just amazing what God's doing. But one of the things that the father had to deal with was that he had um, not dealt with heart issues concerning his own father and, and the situation with his father. And because of that, he had taken on some some areas where there were walls up and areas where his, uh, he knew what to say, right? He knew the words to say. He knew the scriptures. He was brought up in a, in a home where they really knew the scriptures. But there was, there was no real faith behind it. There was no real confidence in the Father. And so for those who were here one uh, Sunday morning, the Lord, we were praying for him and the, it, everything was very serious. The baby's been pretty much in the hospital almost two months and he did come home for a while and then he caught pneumonia had to go back but the thing the lord showed this father was your your son's going to live and not die and glorify me but when when the when this dad got that revelation this young dad it just hit him the power of god hit him he was out under the power of god and he got up and all and he could all he could say was like 
He's going to live and not die. I, I believe it. it. What happened is his heavenly father literally put a promise in his spirit. And people need to learn that that is how you don't have to fall out, but it's awesome if you do, right? But everything that's in your head is a renewed mind. It's not, it's not faith. It's not based on faith. It's based on hid knowledge of the word of God. Okay. And you can't confuse the two because hid knowledge of the word of God without revelation from God, the Bible says legalism actually brings death. And it causes a lot of confusion. And we talked about the, I talk about this all the time. I'm so much wanting to get everybody into a real relationship with God where you hear him, walk with him, love him, know how good he is. And I'm realizing in, in this journey that I've been on in this particular trial help in this family, if you did not have a father who loved you unconditionally or at least encouraged you and to, to the degree that your father failed revealing, revealing the heavenly father, is to the degree you took on things that has damaged you. And you, and sometimes people can hide that damage really well, especially under false spirituality. Oh, I can go in here and all oh, these people know the word. I'll study the word. I'll speak the word. I'll do, and, and it's like, but there's no real connection um, in a deeper way between the person and the father. So when, when this person got that scripture from God in their heart. Um, at that time, we didn't even know we were still in a life and death kind of situation with this baby. Things had kind of calmed down. And so I personally was like, wow, that's a strange word for God to give him right now. And um, let me know God knows what's, God knows what's ahead of you. And he's already preparing you if you let him. And he's preparing you to win and to overcome. He's not preparing you to be defeated. He's preparing you to overcome. He's preparing our nation right now to overcome, the church to overcome. Our God is an overcoming God. Okay, he already declares, he who is in us, who's in us? Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit in us has overcome the world. Does everybody believe that? Does everybody really believe the Holy Spirit living inside of you if you're born again believer Holy Spirit has overcome the world, right? Isn't that good news? All right. Then he says his sons and daughters are going to overcome the evil one in the book of John. His sons and daughters are going to overcome the evil one. How do the sons and daughters of God overcome the evil one? By understanding their identity in Christ led by Holy Spirit. There's not a person here. There's not the most spiritual person in the world. No one can overcome the evil one in their flesh. No one. No one's flesh can beat the enemy. So quit expecting people to be able to. That's why he says that he, God himself, Holy Spirit, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in every person who's accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life, and they meant it, and they asked him to come in to their hearts. However that works, there's no prayer in Scripture to tell you how to do it. It's a revelation, okay? It's a revelation that Jesus Christ is real, and you believe it, and therefore it comes out of your mouth. You have to speak it. Because when revelation is real, you can't keep it to yourself. When it's real, you can't really can't shut up about it. So if you're really quiet and you got all the walls up, there's probably a potential that you got some bondage that Satan wants to shut you up so you won't have victory. Because we have a God who speaks everything that's happened into being. And he says the power of life and death is in our tongues. Now, if I'm going to speak life, I'm going to speak in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus... When, um, when uh, Peter, you know, sit and we could, you could easily study and see what Peter messed up and Peter got into pride and Peter kind of liked to fight and all these different things about Peter. But at one point, Peter says, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus knew when he said it that it wasn't just words coming out of his mouth. He felt the anointing on it. He knew when Peter said that, he said, my father in heaven revealed that to you. How many want, how many, mm, 
if you guys would get this, it's what God reveals to us that then comes out of our mouth that's anointed. It's what God reveals to us that then comes out of our mouth that is anointed. How many would like to have God reveal a little more to you and let it start coming out of your mouth with the real anointing and not hid knowledge because you memorized a scripture? Now, I'm totally, yes, for renewing your minds. I love the word. I read the word. Everything I say almost comes out of the word in my day-to-day life. It just, it's natural for me to speak what God's word says. But it's when he gives me revelation, I have something to fight with. Okay? And so when this father got the revelation, maybe one of the first revelations he ever had, he's moved in the gifts. I've seen him minister before. I know he sold out to God. But he had a blockage when it came to getting revelation. And that, and I believe that blockage came from the hurt places, especially from his from uh, the the um, the father who was what we would call mentally uh, ill, I would call um, demon possessed. And I'd love to see this person get healed, free, and delivered, right? So anyway, um, but when he got up and he said, "I know my son's going to live and not die and glorify God," so then the, then the Lord took us deeper into that revelation. We've talked about that, and what is to live? And I'm not going to get that we're going to be praying some of this at our Friday night prayer meeting. The reason our, our whole culture is so full of death and certain cultures within the culture is full of death is because we have allowed a culture of death and fear to take over our nation, not hope. And so we speak death. We vote for politicians who are okay with death. We have people who say they're believers who actually march for the right to murder your baby. I'm just being honest. We, we have people, we have entire, uh, we have violence, we have lawlessness. We have a lot of death, don't we? And in 2020, how many realize a stronger spirit of death was released over our nation than any other time in our history, in my, my history personally, right? And you can feel the change, can't you? You can feel the change wherever you are. You can feel the change. This isn't about a po- politician or not, but this is not about that. This is about what is the enemy up to and who is and what are we where are we in that? How do we stop that? Right? How many want to fight the enemy? How many want to see our entire nation changed? Not a political party. I want every political party in this nation to be a party that any of us could vote for as Christians. I want them to see the power of our influence led by God to say, if you're not godly, you're not going to run. I don't care what you want to call yourself. If you're not godly, you're not going to be able to win in this nation. And then we'd really have a choice, wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be kind of fun to actually have a choice and it not be all this stuff? How many know God is going to bring justice? So let's hang on and keep praying. But let's speak life. Let's speak life. And we need to repent of anywhere where we speak death, come in agreement with death, uh, get political about death. This is not about politics. This is about what are we releasing as the body of Christ into our nation, into our families, into our communities, into our churches. And what are you speaking into your families? What are you speaking over your children, over your life, over your jobs? What are you speaking? Now, let me say, just saying it, has a little bit of power because the devils can run with it or angels can do so. But when you speak from revelation that lines up with God and his word, you are seriously releasing angels to perform that which you're speaking. If you all could really get on, catch on to this. So when this father came up and said, he'll live and not die and glorify God. And, and those who were here, you'll never forget it. It was just, you could see this revelation went from his head to his toes. So as they've been battling, as the surgery happened today, very serious surgery, at the core of his being, this dad, he knew my son's going to live and not die and glorify God. No matter how the battle was hard with warfare and some of the things from the past and some confusion and all these things. But I know he knew in the core of his being who he really is in his, in his heart. He knew God gave him that promise. And yet he had to battle through, you know, burying, uh, seeing his sister buried when he was young and, and them all believing for her to be healed. And then watching his, his first son 
um, be prema too premature to live, but I don't even know if he even lived over a few hours. I don't know the exact details. I know it wasn't very long. And then going through those things and, and closing his heart. And, and see, when you walk through disappointments, right, it tries to cause you to become bitter. It tries to cause you to not trust God. And it causes a lot of people to change doctrine, right? They make up all kinds of stupid stuff. I don't be mean, but God doesn't need our children in heaven. I mean, he would be pretty needy if he needed a little baby in heaven, if he needed an adult in heaven. Does everybody know our God doesn't need anything? He is complete. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is all. We don't know how long it was just our God, right? He's always been. We only understand a little tiny part of history. But think how awesome we're going to be around with our God forever. So this little tiny bit of time, he, he's seeing who wants him, who wants him to be their father, who wants to be in his family. And we were talking a whole lot about identity. And, and we've got a lot of teaching on that. Check us out on the YouTube channels, uh, Cindy Foster, Jesus is Real, and getting some of the teaching. But anyway, so this father, he, he really began to learn to trust God. And part of the time it was so hard because when he used his renewed mind and thought he was fighting, now he knew I can't do that. It doesn't work. It even could release the wrong things if it crosses over into a false spirit. And so sometimes he felt really helpless in this. And the, the, the father told him, I just want you to watch me do this. I just want you to watch me do this. I'm going to do this for you because I love you. I just love you. I'm proud of you. I, I love who you're becoming. I love how you've hung on all these years. I love that even though you've been through so much, you are not giving up on me. And that's a word for you. God sees these things, you guys. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows everybody has different backgrounds and different things they've, they've come with. He, this way is not wise to compare yourself, but he knows all things. And he knows, he knows the one. It's like Jesus when he talks about the woman who gives a little tiny bit of money in the offering, but it's all she had. And to God, she gave more than everybody else. He knows who gives more than everybody else. He knows who hangs on harder than anybody else. He knows. He knows who's been forgiven much and then can love much. He knows. We don't live in a kingdom like the world is set up. We don't live in a political system like it's set up in our nation or other nations. We live in the kingdom of God. That's so exciting. So, so how you see your father may require a lot of healing. And, and starting this evening, actually, after we do this, we're actually going to start talking about that. And people are going to ask questions. We may break up into groups. But we're going to start having the group time again, ministry time again at the end of, of uh, hour or so of teaching. All right, I'm going to read this kind of fast to get to the part about fathers, all right? Ephesians 3.1 in the Passion Translation. Beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I am now his prisoner for the sake of all of you who are not Jews, so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you. So here's Paul going, okay, I know I'm in chains. I know he's okay with it because he knows his calling. He's not afraid to die. He knows God is in charge of his steps, okay? So he, he's kind of putting that to the side. He goes, I know I'm a prisoner, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to be uh, used by God even in this um, for all of you who are not Jews so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you. For this wonderful mystery, which I briefly described, was given to me by divine revelation. Did you get that? How many want divine revelation? Okay. Now, divine revelation is always going to line up with God's word. But if you really understand that this is a living word, it's amazing how you don't need anything but this living word. When the Lord was teaching me how to heal the brokenhearted, everywhere I turned was about healing the brokenhearted, every scripture I read. Now that he's teaching me, uh, when he decided to teach me some more about end times, everywhere I turn, it, it's the same scriptures, but the revelation, he now uses it to show me something else. And he wants those, those of you who did not have godly fathers who gave you unconditional love and really made you feel protected and secure, they didn't have to know God to do that. But if your father failed at that, first of all, what do we all do? 
forgive them. The Bible says they don't know what they're doing. For those who've never heard, even if they molested you, even if they beat you, even if they cussed you out, all these horrible things. What does that mean? It means you're going to really have to run to God and get healed, right? But you can forgive because Jesus, when he was on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But you guys know me. I said to God, well, how can you say, first off, when you talk to God, always know that he's right. Okay. D don't try to get into an argument with him. You will never win. And would you want to? Okay. So, so you always use a little wisdom when talking to God. It's called the fear of the Lord. Have some respect. So I would say, well, you know, God, you know, Jesus, they knew that if they crucified you, you were like going to suffer and die. So when you forgive them because they didn't know what they were doing, I kind of don't understand how you could say they didn't know what they were doing. And that's one of the thoughts a lot of people have if their father was super abusive. And so this will answer that. And Jesus said to me, the Holy Spirit said to me, they didn't understand, they didn't understand the spiritual side. They didn't understand the demons involved. They didn't understand um, how God was going to, was using this for his glory. They didn't understand um, that he had to be the one that all those demonic spirits attacked so that he could pay the price for us. So you're right. Okay. I'm like, you get, I get it, Lord. They didn't understand, right? So whatever you went through, when you forgive, you take the person who hurt you and you, and you say, Father, I give this person to you. They're made in your image and your likeness and they belong to you and I forgive them. I want you to kind of see this. See, see the Lord, see the Father, see Jesus standing there with his hands open. And he wants, he wants them. If you have a child who's done some really wrong things, maybe horrible things, if you have unconditional love or, or God's kind of heart, you want them still saved. You want them right with God. You want them to be in heaven. And so you would want them to be put into the hands of God, right? And so that's how we have to treat others. We're like, okay, Lord, you want this person saved. You want this person. You know what you have for their lives. So Lord, I forgive them. And think of it as like forgiving them as like putting them in the hands of God. Whoop, there they go. They're, they, he doesn't tell you to keep them in your hands, okay? Just put them in the hands of God. But the spirit, the spirits that were behind you being cursed at, you being sexually abused, you being hurt, whatever happened, you being abandoned, the spirits behind that, guess what they are? They're evil, right? What are we supposed to do with evil? We're supposed to hate evil. We're supposed to hate evil. How many, oh, I can hate evil, but the person they used didn't know what they were doing According to truth, what Jesus speaks in truth, I can let that go now. Okay, Lord, they're yours. I forgive them. But I hate the devil of abuse. I hate the devil of cursing. I hate the devil of alcoholism. I hate the devil of perversion. I hate the devil of divorce. I hate, the, do you see what I'm saying? You can hate those devils. See, I think too many people have been told just forgive, but what do you do with that kind of hate? See, we act like where Christians can't hate. That's not true. He tells us to hate evil. We're supposed to hate what God hates and love what he loves. Isn't that freeing? So anybody, everybody watching, listening, sit down with whoever you've shoved down deep and you're just, anybody you want vengeance on, anyone you haven't really turned over to God, just forgive them. And I just keep seeing this picture in my, in my spirit. It's kind of funny. It's almost like somebody just want to shove them to God. You know what I mean? Like, I forgive you. Okay, that's good. That's still fine because you're getting it. I don't want anything to do with them, but I don't want them going to hell. I want them in the hands of God. So we all make it like this cutesy, sweet thing. No, no. He's not telling you. You don't want that person back in your life when they still got those devils, right? And you may not even want them back in your life when they don't. You're okay. God, they're in your hands. When they get to heaven, they've been totally changed, and you're there, and you can show me everything, and every, then fine. I just feel, I, I just, everybody stand up a minute.
I, I rarely have done this on um, YouTube or anything. I'll stand up too. I want you to think of one person, and then you can do this with more people when you get home. I want you to think of one person, especially if you did have issues with your father. But it could be a boyfriend, an ex-husband. It could be an ex-wife. It could be a mother. It could be a lot of people, right? I want you to picture Jesus. He's smiling. He's full of love, unconditional love. He'll gladly take that person who hurt you. He'll gladly wrap his arms around him. He's been waiting for this. And he's got his arms out like this, like he's going to catch him. Small or big, he's going to catch him. Whoa. So I want you, in your gesture of forgiveness, to seriously say, Father, I forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. Here. Go on, put, go on, push them to him. There, here. You take them, Lord. They're yours. Woohoo! Freedom. Whoa. Now, I want you to say, the devil's behind that? That caused all that pain? All that dysfunction? All that hurt? All that not understanding God? I hate those devils. I hate them. And God hates them. Because he hates evil. So, Father... I ask that they get the punishment of Satan on Judgment Day. Because I figure it's got to be the worst punishment, right? I want them to never affect my life again. In Jesus' name. And I want to be healed and set free. Amen. Okay. Doesn't it feel good? Now... So when the enemy tries to torment you with anybody or anything and tries to keep you in unforgiveness, you just learned what to do, right? And it's all based on truth, and you can feel the anointing, and it's God's way of doing it. All right. For this wonderful mystery, which I briefly described, was given to me by divine revelation, Ephesians 3.3, 3, which is how I got that revelation, so that whenever you read it, you will be able to understand my revelation and insight into the secret mystery of the Messiah. There has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mystery until now. He kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, this is um, uh, Paul speaking to those about the mystery of Christ, about Jesus dying and going to hell for us and taking away our sins and then coming back and raising again. But can't you see that when you read this, he's also talking about revelation, that he's going to give more and more revelation as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ. How many would like to be in on some of this revelation? That's called talking with God. That's what revelation is. I got this from Holy Spirit, and it's real to me. And I won't get into this, but even as I was reading this, I'd been going through some things, and I had learned some things, and I was in a Situ another situation at the same time I was in the other situation and one situation my flesh really wanted to jump up and basically say I've had it I'm not putting up with this anymore and then I read this and the Lord's like no you're putting up with this because I'm going to give you grace to put up with this and you're going to forgive and you're where I want you to be and and before the end of that day almost by the next day the person apologized and the person said God had really convicted them and showed them some things and um but even before that happened as far as them saying anything to me even before I had to get my heart right to pray about it. I had to get my heart right to preach I had to get my heart right to agree with God I really want everyone just so everyone knows I really want everyone that God brings into my life to overcome I really want them to be victorious I really want them to be powerful in God I've been, I've had people say, but you say you don't care. All right. When I say I don't care, let me give my interpretation. I'm not trying to control you. I'm not going to try to make you someone you don't want to become. If you want to stay right where you are and you don't want to grow in God, that's fine. That's not my business. So that's what I mean when I don't care. I'm not trying to manipulate you, control you, or make you go deeper in God. I'm trying to encourage you to do that but it will not affect me personally if you don't. Amen? I'm not going to manipulate people or try 
to play with people's emotions or feelings. And if people want to stay right where they are and not go deeper in God and get healed, they're still welcome in this church. They're still welcome in this fellowship. Um, they're not going to be treated any different unless they begin to be divisive or cause trouble or something like that. Okay, just so you know. I will say this. If you live in blatant sin outside those doors and you come in as a hypocrite and you're not trying to get free, I just assume you stay outside those doors. If you are in sin outside those doors, but you're seriously trying to get free and you're seriously going after it and you're not playing games and you're being honest with at least some people who are trying to help you, then fine. Because we're going to have a breakthrough. We're going to have a breakthrough, right? So whoever the devil just said, she's talking about you, she doesn't want you here. If the he's a liar, right? So if you got that thought, it wasn't, God's not going to tell you that, just so you know, all right? So quit listening to the devil. I can't wait till some of you can hear God as well as you can hear the devil. Oh my gosh, that'll be amazing. One way for that to happen is to quit listening to the devil. Cast down the imaginations. All right. So there's never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mysteries until now. He kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. Here's the secret. The gospel of grace has made you, the non-Jewish believers, into co-heirs with this promise through your union with Christ. You have now become members of his body, one with the anointed one. This was really big to the Jews that the Gentiles could actually have a relationship with God. So God doesn't see, just so you know, God doesn't see the, this particular group of believers. God doesn't see, oh, these are black believers and these are white believers or these are um, female believers and these are male believers and these are, he doesn't, he doesn't divide us up like that. Okay, he's, you're either a believer or you're a non-believer. Everybody on the planet is either a believer or a non-believer. A non-believer can become a believer. Actually, that's why we shine, right? All right. He goes on, I've been made a messenger of this wonderful news by the gift of grace that works through me. I won't get into the whole teaching on grace. Even though I am the least significant of all holy believers, this grace gift was imparted when the manifestation of his power came upon me. Grace alone empowers me so that I can boldly preach this wonderful message to the non-Jewish people, sharing with them unfading riches of Christ, which are beyond comprehension. Do you know how much that says? Oh my gosh, I could preach for hours. God has so much more for us than we can even believe. You cannot outthink God. You cannot, whatever you're thinking for your life, for your promises is small compared to what God wants to do. So I encourage you, expand your vision, expand your vision, expand your vision, because you'll never catch up with the capability of God to give you the promises. It says, my passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. It was hidden for ages, past until now, kept a secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. Okay. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. And that's the scripture where it says God wants to reveal his manifold wisdom through us. Okay, that's what he's called us to do. Okay, think about it. One of God's plans is that, he, that his spirit in us reveals to the enemy how big God is. See, Satan already knows that he's been defeated by our God. He already knows that. That's not, that's not even like new news for him, right? But it's really humiliating as he finds out he's been defeated by human beings who has God living in them. Because he's beat up on human beings and perverted human beings and caused them to be addicted and caused them to have all kinds of pain for a very long time, hasn't he? And and here's the thing, he's, Satan is not afraid of a church that knows the word of God. Satan's afraid of a church that not only knows the word of God, but the God of the word. And he's petrified that you might find out that Christ in you is real. 
And so when we're talking about the story, so when this young man, whose baby had already received two major miracles and now was facing additional surgery, and then he was attacking for this young man to get up after years and years of saying the right words, but without the anointing on it, to get up anointed and say, my son's going to live and not die and glorify God. And it just resonate not only through his spirit, but everyone who was here. Did everybody see the difference? And then, you know, it's like, wow, hold on to that. Don't let the enemy steal that. Hold on to that. That is a revelation from God. Am I helping you get hungry to want revelation? Or am I helping you to separate religion from relationship that brings revelation? And we have lots of teaching. I don't have time tonight. Go to our YouTube. Uh, we've been putting a lot of YouTube teaching out there on how to get revelation and get to that place. But one thing is always helping people to see what you don't have. So you'll get hungry for what you can have. But if you think what you have is all that there is, you've lost your hunger. That's why we're to stir people to envy, not of the things of the world, to the envy of the things of the spirit. And those whose hearts are right, well, here's somebody who knows uh, God deeper than they do or walk in more authority than they do. And instead of getting jealous and putting them down and trying to make it look like something's wrong with them, they're like, I want that. God's not a respecter of person. So if she can have revelation or he can have revelation, I can have revelation. I want that kind of relationship with the Lord to have revelation. Everybody say, I want, I want the kind of relationship with the Lord, with the Lord. to have real, revelation. have real revelation. Whoa, feel that. See, now that's the kind of things you prophesy. That's the kind of things you get up saying. That's the kind of things you speak. If somebody sat there and looked at your words, and believe me, they do. Everyone's written down, and you're going to have to repent for every idle thing you've ever spoken. How many ought to go have a little time doing that now so you won't have to hold up judgment for everybody else for hours? For me, it would have been years, you know. I talk a lot. So I was like, Lord, forgive me for that. When I find myself saying things I shouldn't say, I go immediately, and I mean it. Lord, forgive me for that. That's how important words are. He's going to hold you accountable for every word you speak. So start holding yourself accountable by getting wisdom and, and don't open your mouth till you think about what you're about to say. All right. So here's this Lord. He's amazing. He's living in us. He's the creator of all. He wants to unveil before. He wants, to, he wants every throne, every rank of angelic order in the heavenly realm to know God's wisdom revealed through us. If, if we I, wait till we get to see the, the reruns of the day Pentecost happened and Holy Spirit came inside of people and all the demons were like, what have we done? We saw Holy Spirit in this one Jesus and we thought we took care of that. But what happened? He, a seed went into the ground and look at the fruitfulness now, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ accepts him as Lord. The Holy Spirit, the, the life of God, his spirit comes in them and whoop, here we are. Talk about multiplication. So the enemy has worked overtime to keep the church ignorant, to take her into the dark ages, to keep her religious, to keep her doing works instead of yieldedness to Holy Spirit. Satan is not scared of you. He's only scared of the Holy Spirit in you. And if you don't even know the Holy Spirit's in you and you hardly let the Holy Spirit in you do anything and you're still serving the enemy, Satan's just laughing. He's mocking God. But you can watch God change all that just by believing. That's why we're called believers. And then you ask God to do it. You can't do it. That's one thing I was talking to this young couple today and um, um, I felt led early to, to call and to, I told him you guys want prayer you know call me or whatever and God gave me this most powerful prayer but before I could just feel I, I just woke up knowing oh my gosh the enemy's really attacking their thoughts especially uh, you know with unbelief and just and of course all that would be we would call that normal right but how many know we're not supposed to live normal 
We're not supposed to live normal. We're supposed to live free from worry. We're supposed to live free from anxiety. And how do we do that? Because we begin to grow in our faith and our confidence is in who God is. The confidence is not in the doctors. The confidence is not in them and their ability to pray. The confidence is in God and his word and he is faithful and he's true. And he gave both of them a lot of revelation to fight with. And that's how you build your faith. Your faith is built on God giving you the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. That's the word from God, revelation from God based on his word. And it gives you hope, earnest expectation for what you don't see yet. All right. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ so that now we have boldness through him. Listen to this. We have boldness through Christ and we have free access as even as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Your confidence is to be in who Christ is. How does he give that to you? By giving you revelation that's real, by confirming his word. There would be things that happened in this, this young couple's life over this intense time but their eyes were focused on Jesus. Show us what you're doing. And as soon as the enemy would try to hit hard, um, something I would call or somebody else would call or somebody would send a text. I mean, God would have me up in the middle of the night texting them all these scriptures that were absolutely perfect scriptures given by God. Why? Because God can give me the scripture. He can give you the scripture. But guess what? When they get it, if they get the anointing on, they're like, wait, this is exactly what we needed. This is exactly. There were so many times, especially when the wife would say, Wow, God just showed me that. God gave me that last night, and now you're confirming it. Do you understand? And then a song would come on, or somebody in the ministry would, would uh, share a song they saw on YouTube or something, and it was about the exact topic with the same words in it. Does everybody get what I'm saying? God wants to show off, but we have to look at him not our circumstance and not the enemy. We've got to let him heal the hurt places. He wants to bring you out of the bondage that you allowed yourself to be placed in. And many times it's because you did not have a father that rescued you. People who had a father who rescued them, even if they didn't know the Lord, have a lot more confidence that God would love them. I've never ever had a question. I always thought, why wouldn't God love me? That's, I've always thought, why wouldn't God love me? I, I really thought, why wouldn't God love me? But I had that because my father loved me unconditionally, even though he hardly knew the Lord. I knew if I was in trouble, all I had to do was call my dad, and that other person was in more trouble than me. I knew if my car broke down, I might have to moan and groan a little bit and explain where I am, why I am where I am. I might be in a little bit of trouble, but I know he'd come and fix the car. I know to this day, if I had to go and ask for money, he'd give me money even when he didn't have much money. And if you did not have a father like that, then you need to go deeper into letting God heal you. Not compare yourself, not take on fake things, not try to make it okay. How, let's come out of hiding. That's what had to happen to this young man. Come out of hiding under fake spirituality and come into a place of saying, okay, I need to understand what a father is really supposed to be like. I would go as far to say as a lot of people who have identity issues do not understand what a father's supposed to be like or what a mother's supposed to be like. I think a lot of people who have identity issues and relate to the wrong, um, the wrong sex in the, in the wrong way is because they're searching for a father figure or they're searching for a mother figure or they're searching not to be like someone. And I've got a lot of teaching on this. I can explain every single one of the messed up people and how God, how, how God would show me how they got that way. Healing the brokenhearted is not difficult. We've made some things seem impossible. They're not impossible with God. And they actually make a lot of sense. It actually makes sense how the enemy got in and lied to you. And if he did it in the womb, 
then you're going to think you were born like that. If you did it when you were too young to have other memories, then you're going to think you've always been like this. If it happened later in life, you can go back to the traumatic thing that happened to cause you to get out of what God had planned for you. That's why the enemy doesn't want anybody counseling that could help somebody. Isn't that sad? What's wrong? You, you have freedoms to help anybody get as messed up as you want. But oh my gosh, watch out if you try to help somebody with God's word and truth, even when you have a pretty good track record of helping people because Holy Spirit knows how to do what Holy Spirit knows how to do, right? All right. So one thing that you're going to get as you begin to understand your Heavenly Father and who the whole idea of Jesus the Father and the Holy Spirit, you'll have boldness through Christ and you'll know even as a king that you can go before the Father and you'll have all your co complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. How many would love to get to a place to have complete confidence in God's faithfulness? How many would say that because of people you know where it didn't work or your own situations, it takes away that complete confidence, doesn't it? And the, the, as you begin to grow in God and mature and begin to understand his ways, just as happened with this young couple, they begin to realize, oh my gosh, we didn't even know anything about this. We never did this kind of warfare. We never knew about revelation. We never knew how to release the word. And guess what? You don't, you don't get extra points because you went through something. You only get the confidence when you overcome in a situation. And so you need to get before God and repent for not knowing his ways. Like, Lord, forgive me. I didn't, I, I just went with tradition. I just went with other people said, I didn't even know how to build up my, my whole, most holy faith. But now I know there's such a thing as that. And that's where, that's what I want with my life. That's what I want. See, he'll never, you, you can never have an excuse before God because he'll say, well, you know what? My word's always been there. And if you're born again, my spirit lived in you. Why didn't you talk to him about it? Why didn't you go to this meeting when he tried to get you to go? Why didn't you go to this church when he tried to get you there? Why didn't you read this book? He will show you. I'm telling you, any place, you can ask him. He'll show you his faithfulness. And then you'll have, but we're so consumed with self, ourselves. We're so consumed with our problems. We're so consumed with poor me that we don't even hear God in most of these trials. We sit around in the shell of what Satan has done in our lives and we sit there thinking we're right with God when actually we're just bathing in condemnation and self-pity and poor me or trying to overcome in our own strength. Doesn't this make you just see what a mess everything is? But how many are ready to jump in and do this God's way? Yay! Yay! which is easy. Jump in and he takes over. Woohoo! Oh, that's what he says. Those who are led by the Holy Spirit are sons and daughters. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have those moments like these parents did today of just with everything in them, hoping this is going to work. Believe in that. Has anybody ever done that kind of warfare? I've done that kind of warfare. You're how I can tell when it's pretended. Because you act like you don't have a care in the world. Oh, it's God's got to do blah, 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 blah. All the right words. But let me tell you, there you can look, you can see this with Jesus before he went to the cross, right? He said, you know, he, he was really struggling with what he was going to go through. You can see this with, with Paul when he says, full of fear and trembling, right? You can see this in the lives of the believers. We are human beings with Christ in us. We are not Christ. Therefore, why does the Bible tell us that we're going to be having to cast out imaginations if we're not going to have them? Why does he tell us how to do warfare if there's not going to be any warfare? The whole idea of warfare is I've got to choose who I'm going to believe. I've got to build myself up. Okay. So everybody, Ephesians 3.12, write that down. Go make a t-shirt or something. You should have boldness through Christ. You have free access even as a king does before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. My dear friends, I pray that you will remain strong. Isn't this perfect scriptures for the Lord to have me give them over the last few days? I pray that you will remain strong and not be discouraged or ashamed by all that I suffer on your behalf for it is for your glory. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. This is what I wanted to get to. Paul had such 
a love for God. He, he, he's been humbled through the trials he's been through. He's been humbled through the mistakes he's made. He's been humbled. You could tell in here he went from thinking he was the greatest of the great to saying, I'm the least of the, I'm the least of the least. Because he, he realizes everything he's done correctly was done by the Holy Spirit. He says, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven on the earth. And that's why I just begin, and I, and I begin to, to speak into this person's life during this trial and see this more and more. At the same time, somebody else from the church, uh, I was somewhere else with them, and they met their father for the first time that they can remember. They knew him until they were four years old, but they don't have any real memories of them and that was a really intense time and they'll share probably father's day hopefully but um what was amazing for this per particular person when they met their father who hadn't contacted them in uh, 56 years but the two of them were so much alike I mean, they love the same things. They have the same personality. They look alike. It was so strange. I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, so much of what is in you people is from your parents' DNA. And so if the enemy gets a hold of your parents and hurts all that and messes that up, then you might follow in their foot path I, there was even certain addiction issues in the past that both of these people had it was amazing to me it, they i here here we're you know we're older okay and we're talking about going to bush gardens and, and we're in florida and right away this 82 year old father oh you're gonna go on the roller coasters i'm like no i'm not and then the other, his daughter's like, yes, you love roller coasters too. I'm going, oh my gosh, this is wild. He loves roller coasters. He's in his 80s. She's not that old, but she's up there. And, and I'm like, I'm in between both. I'm like, I am not going to get on a, I quit. 50 was my last year getting on a roller coaster because I was on there praying in tongues because it stops fear. And I thought, why am I writing something that I have to pray on tongues to stop a spirit of fear from, you know? So that was the end of roller coaster rides for me. Although I was in, I actually got into one and I got in the seats that were for people who aren't small. And I was witnessing to um, a, uh, what was he? Uh, he was, I think he was a Mormon. I was witnessing to a Mormon in line. I wasn't even planning on riding the roller coaster. But once I got in line, I started witnessing. I couldn't shut up. I kept talking. He was tearing about the Lord. Everything was exciting. Next thing you know, I'm standing there in front of the big seat and I should have ran, but I didn't. I got on, and as we're going up, my seatbelt never clicked. And it's going, dong, dong, dong. I'm thinking, oh, God. So I'm hanging like this. So I'm like, God, am I going to die real soon? Because <laughs> I don't know how long I can hang on to this thing if that seatbelt didn't click. And the Lord said, no. I said, okay. So I'm thinking, okay, I guess I'm going to hold on real tight. And right, you know how those things, do, 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 and right when it goes down that first little, it kind of does a little one, it clicked in. Like, but I'm screaming like to the people like, hey, my seatbelt's not done. I'm doing, nobody cared. Anyway, um, and that was the day I decided, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do this roller coaster thing anymore. But anyhow, I'm sure there's some kind of safety thing in there. I'm sure whatever. Maybe Big Angel just finally came and clicked it down. I don't know. All I know is I'm okay not doing that anymore, all right? Don't put the Lord your God to a foolish test. All right. So kneel, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven on the earth. One thing I want you to see about this. Do you see your heavenly Father? Do you, do you kneel before him in awe? Are you able to? And when we go off of YouTube here in a minute, off of Facebook, we're going to really talk about some of this. We're going to really help some of you with healings and things like that. And for those who are watching us, you check us out at beautyfreshes.org. You can actually watch a lot of those sessions there too. And we have a mentor page and all kinds of things to help. Or if you're in a local area, come. But I want you to stop a minute because we read these things so quickly. 
Do you kneel humbly in awe before the Father, Lord Jesus? Most people don't. Most people don't give the Father time of day thought. They don't have this, oh, like you're so amazing. You're so powerful. You're so good. Because their own Father wasn't. Therefore, they kind of just put this whole Father concept in a little box. Or they have walls all around them that I'll never, I'll never be like my Father. I'll never let my Father do that. And, and, and they misunderstand God. And every time the enemy does something, they blame it on God. That's bitterness. And seriously, if you really sit back, take some time and say, what are all the things that I blamed God for? Some people, their gender. Come on, this whole thing that's going on in our nation right now, there's a lot of people blaming God for giving, put, making them the wrong gender. How many know God's the creator? He knows how to make you what you're really supposed to be and the only thing that'll make you who you are. But the lie comes in. Some people think they've got the wrong skin color, the wrong heritage, the wrong this, the wrong that, the wrong job. The wrong. Do you see what I'm saying? The enemy wants you to think God messed up and he's bad. And then, and what's the enemy do? He comes in and tries to take the place of God. How many think that's going to work out very good? How many know instead of trying to not be who we are in Christ, it would be good to go back and see why we're messed up in our thinking. Why are we messed up in loving ourselves? Why can't we love ourselves? And one of the places the Lord's really showing me is to really, really get serious and those in groups to get serious about the fathers. Look at our whole entire, look at the world, but our nation. They are trying to completely destroy that there is a difference between a father and a mother. They're trying to completely destroy. Look what people who say they care about us as a nation, look what they do. We'll help you with money if you get the father out of the house. How well did that go for anybody? The divorce rate is high. People don't, aren't even getting married. There's so many kids without fathers. It's probably almost as many without fathers as who know their fathers or don't with the divorce. You understand what I'm saying? This is the breakdown of our nation. This is the breakdown of cultures in our nation. It's, the, it's because the enemy has attacked fathers. And women's lib attacks manhood. And, and it's really hard on these little one-hour little talks of mine to go in how many directions because womenhoods have attacked everybody's attacks. Satan attacks anything he can, right? But you have to have a place to start, don't you? You have to have a place to start. And after what I've seen this month, as far as the one person really seeing her father and, and, and all of a sudden really being able to identify and, and, and just feel something in their heart was healed, and that's just the beginning of their journey. And then to see this other man who God said, you got to know me as your father. And even this morning, the Lord just uh, had me prophesy over him. All your dad wants to do is to pick you up, your heavenly father, and hold you today. He's not asking you. Where we're weak, he's strong. All he wants you to do is hold on to him today. He wants you to go through this without anything fake. He wants you to go through this without trying to prove anything. He wants you to go through this and watch his faithfulness. And that was really hard. When you, I Actually, in the vision the Lord gave me, he walked right through a wall. Jesus walks through walls. And he picked this man up. And, and it looked just like the man, so he's kind of a big guy. And he held him as if he was his child. And he said, put your head right here. Hang on to me today. I'm going to show you I'm faithful. I'm going to show you I'm faithful. Some of you need that. Some of you have never, ever felt like you could just hang on to a dad. And he walk you through. You, you need this so much. I know you get up early and work hard. You need this so much. I want some of you to see this right now. I want you, if you've never, ever had a dad, and for dads, get all the junk out of your hearts and everything else so you can be this to your kids. I want you 
And it doesn't mean your dad was horrible. Maybe he just couldn't communicate this way. This doesn't mean everybody's, it, let me see, you don't have to be extremely abused to have been hurt, okay? You don't have to be extremely abused. To, if you've been extremely abused, then you're definitely hurt. But you don't have to be extremely abused to be hurt. But if you know that you never had a father that you felt really safe with, that you felt would take care of you no matter what, that would protect you no matter what, I want you to close your eyes right now because he's going to pick you up. I just want you to see Jesus representing the Heavenly Father. Jesus says, when you see me, you've seen the Father. He has his arms out. And he says, just come here. And I, I want you, just as you are now, skinny, not skinny, tall, short, whatever. Just you, the real you, just like you look right now. He's picking you up. And it's not hard for him. And he's saying, put your head right here on my shoulder. Let me carry you today. You need somebody to carry you. You need somebody just to love you. You need somebody to hold on to you. And I see Jesus and he's walking you. He's walking you right into the very presence of the heavenly father on the throne. And he's walking right into the father. And now it's the father holding you. It's the heavenly father, the most powerful being they'll ever be. And he's holding you and he's rocking you. And you're sitting on his lap and he's, he's just saying, it's going to be okay. You can trust me. It's going to be okay. You can trust me. And now I see you being healed. I see him healing you. Whew. He's healing you right now. He's healing you. And I see you and now you're just, you're, you're just so in awe of him. You're looking into his face and you're like, you are, you love me. And he's smiling. I do love you. I've always loved you. I have great plans for you. And I hear the father saying, when I came up with the plan, For my son, Jesus, to set you free so we could have this meeting. He was in agreement, and the Spirit was in agreement. And this is the great mystery, that he was going to go and take the abuse that you went through so you could be healed. And he was going to be rejected as you've been rejected so you can be healed. And I hear the Father saying, today is the day. Today is the day. Listen, today is the day. I want you to say, today is the day. Today is the day. Say it like you mean it. Today is the day. Whoa. That what Jesus paid for, I'm going to receive. I'm going to receive. Healing, Healing to the brokenhearted places, the places. <laughs> where my Father wasn't there for me. I'm going to receive it right now. In faith, I'm receiving it. I want you to see yourself. Lord, I thank you right now for the anointing to heal those brokenhearted places right now. I give you praise. You're an amazing God. I'm in awe of you, Father. I'm in awe of your healing power. I'm in awe of your plan. I'm in awe. You are an amazing, powerful God. I release this right now, Lord God even over those who aren't here, those who are part of this church family, over our children, God, over our grandchildren, God, over that little baby in the hospital, Lord, where the enemy tried to make him feel abandoned and he hasn't been over that mom and that dad in the hospital. Right now, I just release. How? Oh. His love and awe for God the Father. Just this love for God. And I want you to see yourself as the scripture says, all of a sudden you climb off of his lap and you kneel before him and you humbly kneel before him and you say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you went through. 
Thank you, Jesus, for what you went through. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for pulling this whole thing off. I receive. I replace bitterness for the awe of God. I replace bitterness towards God Whew. for a deep devotion and love for what God went through for me. To how great his love is that right now by his spirit, he's touching me. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to every hurt place that you're calling to uh, the forefront right now to be made whole, to be made whole. Be who that person is in Christ Jesus. Be made whole. Every brokenhearted place be healed right now that has to do with the Father's situations. I speak it over every person here in the name of Jesus, over those watching and those who will watch in the future. I release it now in Jesus' name. Be made whole. Be made whole. And I see the Lord Jesus. He's taking you by the hand and you're standing up and now you're walking out and you're looking back and you say, Father, I'm so glad I can come here anytime. I'm so glad I have access here, even as a king. I'm so glad my confidence is going to be in you now. And the Father's smiling, and Jesus is smiling, and he's walking you out. Whew. And I hear the Lord saying, I can walk you right in anytime you want to go. It's through me. It's through me that you can go to the Father. It's through me. It's through my blood that I've made a way. It's through me, says the Lord. It's through me that you can be made whole. And I just see you hugging Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I see you bowing before him, worshiping him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I receive this healing. I receive what you paid for. Forgive me. Forgive me for not understanding. Forgive me for blaming you. Forgive me for holding on to vengeance. Forgive me for letting hate in my heart towards humans. But God, thank you for setting me In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.